everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week, I'm your host, Charles Max Wood. Uh, guest scheduling just missed a week. I'm finding that a lot of people are on vacation. I just got back from vacation. I wasn't around last week. So anyway, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that I'm working on at Top End Devs. And specifically, I wanted to talk about just practice, right? This is one area where I think a lot of people just skip, right? They think, okay, well, I spent time writing code at work. You know, maybe you do a little bit of recreational coding in your spare time. But one thing that I find is that a lot of people don't really do like guided practice or specifically spend time, you know, doing a whole lot of code stuff outside of what they absolutely have to do. And I wanted to talk through that a little bit. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. Now, I'm going to go back and do a little bit of uh, kind of a retrospective on some of the things that I've done just in life. So uh, when I was in high school, I was a swimmer. So I'd get up at 5.30, no, 4.30 every morning. I'd make it to the pool like 5. I think that's when swim practice was. It was either 5 or 5.30. But anyway, and we'd swim for an hour, hour and a half, right? And our coach would have us doing drills. He would have us just swim laps and... There were kind of two purposes to that. And later, you know, now I'm getting into triathlon and things like that. I ran a marathon in 2019. And again, just get out and practice and run and run and practice. And there are kind of two focuses to this. I also want to just put out there that when I was a kid, my dad coached soccer teams and baseball teams and basketball teams and pretty much all of it because he was a huge sports nut and just really, really loved sports. And I've picked up some of that, but not in the way that some of the other members of my family have. You know, I have a couple of brothers that played football. Three of my brothers played football. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah. So when we get into this and we're talking about, okay, how do we build excellence, right? How do we, how do we become top-end devs, right? How do we become that top 1%? How do we gain the skills that are going to take us through to the next part of our career? How do we build up the capabilities that we need in order to get a raise or get a better job or to be recognized as an expert out there or become a developer evangelist or, you know, whatever it is that you want, right? There are all kinds of opportunities out there. And it really just depends, you know, what do I have to learn? What do I have to do? What do I have to demonstrate in order to do that job? And when we're talking about sports, we're typically talking about practicing for two things. We're either honing our technique, right? Or we are building fitness. And then kind of a third one, I guess, is just figuring out what works for you, right? So when I go run the long distances, I figured that I needed to take so much water. Or the other thing I could do is I could 
put some water on the bumper of my truck, right? And then I would just make sure that halfway through my run that I'd run by my house so that I could snag the other water and drop off my empty so that I could, you know, get through the rest of the thing, right? Because I figured out that I needed water. And so I built some routines and some habits in order to to get the things done that I need to in order to finish a marathon. There's a swimming group here too, master swimming, which is for adults. And we have a coach, right? And so when I swim, I would frequently, I'm not doing masters right now, but I'm planning on signing up again. I would ask the coach, you know, hey, is there anything in my technique? Is there anything? And she'd give us drills to do, right? In order to make our technique so we could move through the water more quickly so that we could build up the kind of endurance or stroke technique in order to get more distance out of each stroke or things like that, right? And finally, a lot of it's just spending the time, right? I mean, when you're getting ready to run a marathon, a lot of it's just building up your fitness so that you can run 26 miles, right? And so you kind of get the idea. Those are kind of the things. And in a lot of cases, then we're looking at programming and we're looking at kind of the long haul that we're going to have to do during our career, right? Because most of us, we get into this as a career, we're going to be around for 20, 30, 40 years before we retire, if we retire. And so I say if we retire, because I plan on just loving life for the rest of my life. And I really love what I do. So anyway, the point is, though, is that we just kind of neglect all of the things that we could be doing in order to level up, to build the skill, to build the capability, to be able to work longer hours than we have to, be able to do whatever it is that we need to do in order to move the needle on a lot of these things and with a lot of these people or with a lot of these jobs. And so I want to talk through some of the ways that we can practice, right? Some of the drills we can do, some of the techniques that we can learn, some of the the ways that we can level up. I'm going to go kind of high level. I'm starting a new show called Top End Devs that is specifically focused on like the different things that I'm going to talk about here. And we'll probably get into more detail there. I'm hoping to keep those rather short, 10, 15 minutes, but we'll just see how they go. But anyway, let's let's just dive in, right? And this is really germane to the conversation that I have with a whole bunch of people at different times during different things where they're essentially asking me, hey, Chuck, how do I become a senior developer? Or, hey, Chuck, how do I get a better job? Or how do I become better in some way or another, right? And so this is what is focused there is effectively, all right, how do I become that top 1% developer? What kinds of things should I be practicing? What kinds of drills can I be doing? What kinds of endurance or fitness challenges can I do in order to, to up my fitness? And so I'm going to start with kind of the most basic one. And this is one that I tell everybody to go out and do. And the reason is, is because this is a great place to get your reps in. This is a great place to kind of get that endurance challenge in. It's a great way for you to experiment with stuff. And that's just to have a side project. Now, a lot of people, they kind of get into, you're, you know, you're probably thinking, okay, well, what kind of side project should I pick, right? What should I work on as a side project in order to move the needle for my career? Or what kind of side project should I pick that's going to matter? And I want to just point out first that the side project is a place for you to learn, right? So it doesn't have to be a product you're going to sell. It doesn't have to be something you're going to release open source that everybody in the world should be using to do their taxes, right? It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything that anybody's going to go, wow, where was this my whole life? You don't have to go build Facebook or Twitter. In fact, I kind of steer people away from the sort of uh, generic like to-do list or Twitter clone or things like that that people tend to pick up 
just because it's not really who they are. It's not what they're about. You know, pick something that's interesting to you. I was coaching one guy and he was trying to level up on Node.js and Express. And so we were talking about stuff and he was like, well, I'm going to build a budgeting app. And I can't tell you how many people I've coached or worked with on the podcast or whatever that were like, I'm going to build a budgeting app because budgeting apps are the thing that people build when they have a side project. And I'm just like, well, are you are you into accounting? Well, no. Are, is this something that you're going to use on your own in order to, you know, whatever? Well, no. Okay, well, let's talk through this then. What are you interested in? What do you spend time on? And this particular guy that I was coaching, he said, I'm really into Diablo 2, which is a video game, for those of you who aren't uh, aware. And he said, I, I like keeping track of the different setups that I have on my characters, like all the equipment and stats and things like that. I like, I like tracking all that stuff. And so he basically started building a social network where people can put in their character stats, right? And then folks can come in and critique other people's character stats. And he doesn't know if he's ever going to release it, and it doesn't really matter. But it gave him that playground to go and say, okay, well, I'm going to put React on the front end of this so I can level up React. I'm going to put Express on the back end of this so I can level up in Node and Express. And, you know, just do all kinds of interesting stuff, right? Now, is that a thing that's going to make him a ton of money? Nope. Could it make him any money? Maybe. But but it's interesting to him, and it's something he'll enjoy working on, and so he'll keep coming back to it. And then the other thing is, is that it has enough moving parts that he can go and he can say, all right, well, now I want to pick up this chatbot library or whatever, right? So he could stick it in there and build a chat feature in. You, you get the idea, right? So that's that's kind of the idea is pick a project that you're interested in that you're going to spend time on. And like I said, you know, so this this is part of the endurance challenge because are you going to stick with it long enough to finish it, right? Are you going to find projects or, or, or things that you want to learn that are going to work with it. And once again, it's it's the same kind of deal, you know. Maybe, yes, no, maybe. But but anyway, it again, it gives you a place to go and experiment and learn and grow. And a lot of times what happens is when you have a real-world example code project in front of you, what it'll do is it'll actually force you to make some decisions and then pay for those decisions down the line, which is another thing that a lot of people run into that I've been talking to is that as you get going on a project, if you work on a the same project for a year and then move jobs, you know, or a year and a half and move jobs, you typically don't see the long-term effects of your decisions. But if you're the one that has to fix everything that you break or everything that you build poorly or everything that you don't design properly, then you're going to start learning those lessons and you're going to put in enough reps to figure out, hey, I need more water when I do the long haul runs. Right. And so you figure out where you need to put the water bottles up on the bumpers in order to make sure that you can make it through your run or figure out, hey, I'm going to make this different design decision next time and see if it makes things easier when I'm building a project. You could even write blog posts about it and stuff like that. You know, there, there are a lot of other places that it can take you. But overall, having that project out there really helps. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases just taking their career to the next level you know whether you're beginner going to intermediate intermediate going to advanced whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance i've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level so if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level 
go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. Now, the other thing that I'm going to put out there is that you should actually open source this project, right? So if it's a side project that you've got that you're working on and it's your GWIS project, right? Put it out there and make it a public GitHub repo. And the reason is, is because then when you're out there looking for a job or you're talking to somebody about what you're learning or you're trying to get help, they can get to your code. They go look and see, okay, you know, this is a long-term project that this person's worked on, right? They've upgraded Express or Rails or, you know, Angular or whatever, like four times, right, to keep it current. And so they they understand some of the challenges that we're going to run into because they've actually done some of the work that we need them to do, right? And you can actually show them, hey, it's these commits right here, or this branch was when I upgraded, right? And you give them the opportunity then to go and see what you're capable of. And so having it out there as a public project is really a good idea. And then, you know, having it deployed somewhere so people can go and say, oh, I get it. I see what you're doing here is kind of the other piece to that. And so I'm, I'm just going to encourage you to to, to do this and put it out there and work on it and spend time on it. Now, here's the other rub. And this is another thing that I, I challenge people to do is just go learn something every day. And the reason is, is because you see these high-end golfers or basketball players or, you know, whatever, right? Whoever it is out there. And what you'll find is they're, they're out there every day working on their craft, right? Now, a lot of it is them just being out there and playing the game, right? But in a lot of cases, they're also out there just every day just just working on some feature of the way that they operate right and if you go and you look at kind of the top end people in our our field right you'll find that they're consistently learning i mean kent beck comes to mind uncle bob martin a lot of these other guys if if you go and you talk to them you'll find that they're constantly experimenting with things they're constantly working to learn something new and if you're doing that then you can you can move up to that level i don't know anybody that's just kind of gone from zero to celebrity, right? I've seen a few people that have, they've kind of broken into the public awareness, so to speak, within a programming community, seemingly from zero to to that. But typically, it's because they were exceptionally skilled, they'd worked on their craft for a long time. And then they finally gave the talk or published the book or did the thing that moved them into the public eye, right? And so, I'm going to encourage you to do that too, right? Do Learn something new every day. And this is really a way for me to basically say, you know, watch a video, read a part of a book, listen to a podcast. There are so many ways, right? But but make sure you're learning it, right? So maybe you take notes or maybe you say, okay, well, I need to recite three things that I picked up from this episode, or I'm going to do this course on on how to do Angular. And so at the end of the video, I need to be able to do something that I couldn't do before, right? Or know something about Angular that I didn't know before. And when we're talking about this, I mean, a lot of times it doesn't take very long, right? It could be a five-minute video and it's like, oh, I really understand how eventing works in, in my framework, right? Or I really understand how the request structure works in Express now or, you know, what what have you, right? There are so many different ways that this comes together, but once you have that understanding and you you move the needle a little bit every day, then you're going to start really seeing that progress. I don't see anybody who goes and spends eight hours at a workshop and then comes out of a, a genius at whatever they were learning in the workshop. 
it takes time, it takes practice, and it takes consistent effort. And so if you're working on this, you know, day after day after day after day after day, you're going to build up your fitness in that area to the point where you can actually, without really thinking, go and do the thing that you need to do. And so I really, really encourage you to go learn something new every day. Now, a lot of people, you in particular, may be wondering, okay, well, what, how do I know what to learn? How do I know what to pick up? How do I know what, what matters? Well, what you need to do is you need to figure out where you're headed, right? And I do this, I do this with the podcast business. I do this with Ruby is what I'm currently contracting in, right? So I'll do this in Ruby, I do this in some other areas. But what I do is I sit down and I say, okay, what do I need to know in order to be able to do what I want to do, right? So for podcasting, it's okay, well, what do I need to learn in order to grow the podcast, right? Or what do I need to learn in order to put together a decent sponsorship package? Or what do I need to learn in order to put together the meetups, right? And so then I'll say, okay, well, I need to learn how to host the meetups, or I need to learn how to use this particular tool, or I need to learn, or you get the idea, right? So so for you, it may be, I need to learn how to do this thing in Visual Studio Code or Emacs or Vim or whatever you're using to edit your code, right? I need to learn the keyboard shortcuts. I need, you know, right? You could learn a new keyboard shortcut every day. Or if you're doing, I'm recording this initially on Adventures in Angular, and I'll probably record or re-record it for top-end devs. But for Angular, right, it's I need to learn the operators for OSL library. Somebody's screaming it at me right now. I know it. Anyway, so, you know, maybe you need to learn those, or maybe you need to learn more about NX, right, and, and the different tools that it gives you. Or you need to learn more about NGRX and some of the stuff that's built into that so you can do your state management crap. Or maybe you just need to learn some of the fundamentals, right? It's like, what else can I do with a component, right? What kinds of components are there? Okay, I'm going to learn the fundamentals of that, and then I'll break that down into this component has these ideas around it, and so I'm going to go and experiment with those, right? And so you go out and you learn it, and you you fiddle with it, right? And then maybe you branch off and you say, you know what? I'm going to go do React fundamentals today just, just to see what's there, or view fundamentals. Or, you know, I'm going to go play with a back-end system that's different from what I've done, right? So maybe you go pick up Laravel or Rails or you've been doing Express forever. Or I'm going to learn how to make Angular talk nicely with Amazon AWS Lambdas, right? Or, you know, I'm going to learn how to deploy my Angular app in a Docker container, right? And so you start figuring this out because it's going to move the needle toward what you need to be able to ultimately do in order to get to the position you want to be in. Now, some of the things that some people are going to want to do are you're going to want to get a better job, right? So you go and you go look at the companies that you think you might want to look, work for. You see what they're doing and you learn that stuff, right? Or you go talk to your friends who are a level or two ahead of you, figure out what they know that you don't go learn that stuff, right? And so then you can get a level or two up, right? You can go look at the conferences and say, well, this is the latest and greatest leading or bleeding edge stuff. And so I'm going to go learn more in depth the stuff that they talked about in the talks because the talks are you know half hour to an hour and they typically can't cover everything. They can't teach you all the things. They they usually are enough to get you the gist of the idea and point you in the right direction, right? Which means that there's a few hours worth of work if you really want to deeply understand in order to go learn it, right? But it's those kinds of things, right? Maybe you decide that your best career move next is to write a blog. Right. So you go and you pick up skills on blogging or you're going to go do a podcast. So you go pick up skills on podcasting. Right. OK, how do I host it? How do I what, what equipment do I need kind of thing? Right. How do I set it up? What matters? What doesn't? 
right? And so you go watch some of the videos there, or watch some of the videos at podcastplaybook.com. All this stuff, again, it's just, it's stuff that step-by-step is going to move the needle to get you where you want to go. None of this stuff comes all at once, all together, okay? So you you have to go pick it up a piece at a time. Now, yeah, sometimes you can sit down, you can do focus learning for a few hours, and you can move the, move things pretty quickly. But my experience is, is the thing that really keeps things to the point where you're retaining the knowledge you're, you know, you're, you're really getting there is when you do it every day. And then kind of connected to that is committing code every day, right? And I'm not talking about at work, right? Commit code related to the stuff you're learning, right? And so, yeah, if you're learning some of the people skills or some of the self-promotion skills, or some of the media skills, you know, maybe you're committing code to something else, but do it to your side project, you know, make sure that you get that mark, that commit on your side project every day, right? And, and that way, what you're doing is you're moving the needle in a way that really helps you level up and, and get what you need and, and be learning the things that you need to learn. And this is kind of your your practice time, right? This is when you get out and you get your reps in in order to up your game and, and get what you need to get, right? And then the other thing you can do, I mean, there are other places you can learn stuff, right? So there are meetups. If you don't have a meetup, I am working on putting together monthly meetups for the different communities out there that we serve. So there will be an Angular meetup. If there is a local one, go to it, right? And then find opportunities to talk to people at the meetups and get, get to know them, get to know what they're doing, get to know what they're good at. And then you can help each other learn, right? So they may have something on their radar that you've never even heard that's going to make a difference for you. And so you can go and you can sit down and you can figure that stuff out. You can get their help figuring it out and you can move the needle that way, right? Same thing with the conferences. You can do the same thing at conferences, right? So make sure you're getting out to a conference or putting on online conferences as well. Right. So if you can't make it to NGConf in Salt Lake City, then come and, and join the fun at our, one of our online conferences. But those are the things that really seem to make the difference so that you're getting that practice in, you're getting the help, you're getting the coaching, you're getting the reinforcement of all the things that you're trying to learn so that at the end of the day, you can be a top 1% developer in, in Angular. And these, these are the things that are going to move the needle. I also encourage you to read code. We can talk about reading books. We can talk about how to listen to podcasts. We can talk about, and there are a lot of different areas that we could dive into that I plan on putting on the Top End Devs podcast. But for now, just sit down and figure out, okay, this is where I want to go. I want to be a developer evangelist at Microsoft. So what do I need to do? Well, they like to pick people who are prolific at blogging and podcasting like John Papa, right? So I'm going to go and I'm going to do what John Papa is doing, you know? So I'm going to go try out the other frameworks and I'm going to go, play with the things he's playing with. And I'm going to go, you write and you get the idea. Or maybe it's, I just, I want to become a senior developer. Okay, well, how much more deeply do you need to know Angular? What kinds of things do you not know about Angular? And then how do you pick them up? Where do you go learn them? And if you get all that stuff figured out, then off you go. You got it figured out. Now on to the next thing, right? And so you can spend a few months picking up those skills so that you can move up to be a senior developer. You know, I want to be a manager. I want to be a team lead. Okay, well, what skills do you need for that? You know, I want to do project management and I want to be a scrum master. Okay, well, what skills do you need to pick up to do that? And if you can do that and you can apply it on a regular basis, then you're going to show up and you're going to be able to answer a lot of the questions that they have for you in the interview and be able to solve a lot of the problems you have once you get the job because you're doing it every day. So I'm just going to encourage you to go do this. Go, go find things that you can do every day that are going to level up your stuff level up your career, level up your life. And yeah, with that, I think I'm going to just head into picks. So for picks, let me just throw out there uh, topendevs.com slash conferences and topendevs.com slash 
meetups. Those are both where the meetups and conferences are at. The conferences do cost money. The meetups don't. They're going to be free forever for everybody. I'm looking to find people to sponsor them. So if you think your company may want to sponsor, no, we're not buying pizza, but it's a great place to get in front of folks and say, hey, we're hiring, right? Or, hey, we've got this awesome thing that you ought to check out or try out, right? And if you if you want to jump in and join the fun, then great, right? The meetups and the conferences are both also going to have kind of virtual tables where you can sit down and you can have a video chat with whoever else is at the table. So I really do want to kind of foster this community of people who want to talk to each other. Uh, we also have a Slack channel. And if you go just sign up for Top End Devs, you don't have to pay. It'll show you the Slack channel in there and you just join it. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production. And you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Uh, I usually do a board game pick. And I'm trying to think because we played some board games at on, on vacation this last week. So let me pick some stuff around the vacation and then I'll, uh, I'll jump in and I'll actually pick the board game. So while I was on vacation, we went to Nauvoo, Illinois. Now, if you don't know where Nauvoo is, it's right on the Mississippi River. We actually stayed in Hamilton, Illinois, and then drove up to Nauvoo. Now, Nauvoo is where a whole bunch of my ancestors who uh, joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints very early on in like the 1800s lived before the people in Illinois actually chased them out and they crossed the plains to Salt Lake City. And so I, a lot of the rest of my ancestry after that lived here in Utah and, you know, settled here with the other members of the church. So it was really, it was really cool because, you know, we got to go and see kind of what it was like to be there, you know, 150 plus years ago. And they, they had some pageants, which are effectively kind of musical plays that explain the history of the place was it was a ton of fun if if you want to go learn more about that kind of history i highly highly recommend it it was awesome um and even if you're not so much into like the church's history you'll pick up some of that at some of these tours but you kind of get to walk through the houses and see what it was like to live in them and work in them they also have demonstrations on like wagon building and wheel riding they have blacksmith shop they have a brick shop they have what else did we see printing so it was it was really great you know so you get to go and kind of see how they use the old time printing presses and and uh so yeah if you're into all that then then it's definitely worth the trip you know we went to the temple as well the Nauvoo temple but yeah it was it was awesome it was a great trip so i'm going to pick Nauvoo and that's n a u v o o illinois i'm also going to pick so when we drove out there i have a little uh doodad in my car and I'll have to look it up and, and get the link uh, for the show notes. But what it is, is it's an OBD2 scanner. Now, if you're sitting here saying, I have no idea what you're talking about, Chuck. OBD2 is the protocol that they use to get the errors and readings off of your car. And my car, we got out there and it was giving a an error code. I was like, okay, what, what did we do, right? And so I put it on there and it turns out that uh, we were getting a exhaust feedback sensor error. And so I put some of the uh, Lucas engine treatment in it. You can get it at the auto parts store. And then the other thing that I found is that if you leave the gas cap off, it'll cause that. But that wasn't my problem. The gas cap was on. As far as I know, it was tight. But I put that engine treatment in there, cleared the code, and it was gone. 
and didn't come back after we left. So driving all the way across Nebraska, Iowa, and Colorado, and half of Utah, you know, coming back. So anyway, so I'm going to pick the Lucas uh, engine treatment. I'm also going to pick that little OBD2 doodad that I have. I call it a doodad. So typically when you use one of those tools, like if you go into the auto parts store, they'll let you borrow one and read the codes off your car. Theirs has this big fat plug on it that has this big fat cord on it that goes to this little device that gives you the code number. Mine, it has a little Wi-Fi hotspot built into it. So you plug it in, it, it gets powered off of the, the plug in the car, the OBD2 port, not the power plug. So it gets power off of that, uh, generates the Wi-Fi signal. You join the Wi-Fi for the OBD2 OBD tool, which means that you can't use internet over your Wi-Fi while you're connected to it. But then you just open the OBD2 app and it'll tell you what's going on with your car. And so it's really convenient because it's just this tiny little thing. And it's probably one of the greatest things I ever bought for working on my car. So uh, I really love that tool. It's awesome. I got it on Amazon. I don't remember how much it costs, but I don't remember it being that expensive. I think it was 20 or 30 bucks. And some of those OBD tool, two tools that you buy at the, the auto parts store, like 100 bucks. So it was cheap. It was, and it's really convenient. So I'm going to pick that. The only problem I ever have with it is when I forget and I leave it plugged in, it'll hijack my phone and my phone will automatically join its Wi-Fi and then it won't be able to connect to the internet. But anyway, but I'm really, I'm really happy about that. The drive out was great. The drive out back was great. We have this uh, basket thing that goes on the trailer uh, connector on our car and that worked really great too. So, you know, we put all our luggage on the back of that because I have a car that will drive eight people in seats, has a tiny trunk area, but I have five kids. So there were seven of us in the car. So, you know, we couldn't fit everything in the car. Loading a basket on top of the car sucks. So putting it on the back worked out really well. So so I'm going to pick that as well. I'm trying to think what else made things easier. Oh, uh, there's this plug thing that I got on Amazon as well uh, for the car. And it... It has, so it's like the little cigarette lighter plug that nobody uses to light their cigarettes anymore because I don't know. Anyway, so I bought this little box and it has like four USB ports on it. And then it has three of the cigarette lighter plugs on it. And so what that means is that in the front of our car where we have one port, now we had three ports and four USB plugs where we could charge stuff off of the car while it was running. And that worked out so nicely. Because we could plug in everybody's stuff. My six-year-old had to keep passing her iPad up to get charged. But otherwise, it worked fine. And then the last thing is I went over to Best Buy and I bought these uh, uh, phone holder mount things at Best Buy. And I'll put a link to those in the show notes as well. But the nice thing is, is that I have the iPhone 13. So does my wife, which means it has the inductive charging. So as long as you're close enough to the charging thingy it'll charge your phone up you know without having to plug it into anything and it has that built in so we just plugged in the phone holder she has a little ring on the back of hers it's kind of like a pop socket that makes it just a little bit too far away from that inductive charging to work so she just plugged in her phone through the port on the bottom but my phone i just pop it in that thing and it charge <laughs> it was awesome so uh, uh anyway i'm gonna pick all those as far as games go uh, we played a few games the one game that I think we played a couple of times was Harry Potter Perilous Pursuit. I think is what it's called. I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But it effectively what you have is everybody has their own board and you roll dice and you fill up the board so you can use different abilities to distract, capture, beast, get 
cards. I'm trying to think what they all were. But anyway, you're trying to capture all the escaped beasts as characters from the uh, Fantastic Beasts Harry Potter series. And if you if you manage to do that, then you win, right? You capture all the beasts. And they're trying to escape and they attack you and stuff like that. So it's a cooperative game. And I tend to not like cooperative games. This one had enough unique pieces to where it was fun. And so I really enjoyed that. So I'm going to pick that as the the game that I'm picking. And on Board Game Geek, I forgot to pull that up. All right. So Fantastic Beasts, Perilous Pursuit. Came out 2018. Has a weight of 1.38. So, yeah, like I said, not terribly involved. I think they might have had an expansion in it. I can't remember. I don't know if it has an expansion. But anyway, uh, that's that's the idea. So it was awesome. Really enjoyed it. So anyway, that's that's pretty much my picks. And yeah, it's simple enough to where the kids can play it too. It says age eight plus. The community kind of rates it at a 10 plus. But either way, my kids could definitely pick it up, I think. And so anyway, it, it was a fun game. So that's pretty much it. That's all I've got. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. But yeah, until next time, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.